Well, if you've got your Bibles this morning, we'll be opening up to the book of Genesis in chapter number 22. Genesis chapter number 22 in our Bibles this morning. You know, all throughout the Bible, there's, there's something that God seems to, seems to ask of us. But why is it that He does? And what is it that He is asking of people? Something that if you look back and you were go to the Old Testament, you'll find that from the very, very beginning, God created Adam and Eve. And when He made Adam and Eve, He put them in the Garden of Eden. And when he was in the Garden of Eden, everything was perfect. It was wonderful. There was, there was no death. There was no sin. It was absolute paradise. And one day we'll be back to that. We'll see God there again. And we'll get to be with Him in heaven in perfect union. But when Adam and Eve sinned, something happened shortly after. They had to leave the Garden of Eden. When they left, the Bible says that they were naked and they had to be clothed. And what God done, and now the Bible doesn't specifically say it, but what we believe was, was this very first sacrificial lamb. An animal had to be slain so that the skin could be used to make their clothes because Adam and Eve, they were ashamed and, and there was a death. And from that point forward, God's people, they began to take a sacrifice. They would take it to the tabernacle, to later on to the temple. They would build altars and they would take an animal and they would sacrifice that animal. And the Bible says it was a sweet-smelling savor to the Lord up in heaven. He would see that that was a death. That was a temporary covering for their sins. So there's always been things that were sacrificed. Then once we know Jesus Christ came, He died on the cross of Calvary, and no longer do we have to uh, offer up animals as a sacrifice because God, He was the perfect sacrifice. So we don't have to do that anymore. But there's still something that's sacrificed. The Bible says now we need to offer up our lives to Him. It doesn't mean that I'm going to literally lay myself down on an altar and I'm going to die. But what He's saying is we need to be living sacrifices. That means every single day I'm going to say, Lord, what is it that You would have me to do today? Am I living on Your timeline? Am I offering up my job for You? My family, are they Yours? I am giving You all of me. I am sacrificing myself. So it's not a sacrifice that I'm laying down and killing something. I am giving up myself. I'm a living sacrifice. Now, here's the question though. What is the point of the sacrifice? Yes, it is something that we show as a picture in the Old Testament of Jesus Christ's death on the cross. But there's something else that happens with that. Why does God ask things of us? Is God up in heaven looking down saying, well, if you love me, you would give me things? Is that what God is saying? Is God up in heaven as a tyrant saying, oh, you know, I want you to, uh, to, to, to give up some stuff. You know, if you give it up, you'll be showing that you really do love me. Is that what God is doing? Does He just want to take things away from us? Why is it that we offer things to God? Well, what is the whole point of the sacrifice? Well, in Genesis chapter 22, we're going to see a story where someone was asked something to offer. And it was something that we look at, we're going to think, why would God ever want this thing as a sacrifice? But we're going to look at it, and I'm going to show you why God asked Abraham this great sacrifice. So Genesis chapter number 22, I'm going to read several verses of Scripture here, and we're going to tell this story. 
And, and again, I say it's a story, but this really happened. This is history. Genesis chapter 22, and we're going to see what God asked of Abraham. Verse number 1 says this, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Now tempt, it wasn't a tempt to sin. He was tempting him as in put him through a test. And said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went to the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said unto this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Lord, it's a very hard thing to understand that you would ask of a man his son. But Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand the whole purpose behind this sacrifice and your tempting of Abraham. Lord, as we see this story, I pray that we would apply it here to our own lives. And may you be honored with what we read here today. For it's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Well, as we just read these verses, I want you to have a very clear picture of what has just happened. You see, Abraham, he was a man of God. He was a man of, of faith, the Bible says. So one day, Abraham, as he was, as he was just do, doing his regular thing, just going about his life, God looks at Abraham and says, Abraham, you're going to have a son. And I'm going to make of you a great nation. You're going to have so many children. It's going to be like the stars in the sky. You're going to have so many children, it's going to be like the sands of the sea. Now, I think about Abraham. Could, could you imagine getting that promise from God, knowing your family's going to be so big? It's like looking out at the stars. I mean, I picture this, because I like going outside and, and looking up at the stars. I picture Abraham walking out of his tent and looking up at the sky and just trying to count. You know, one, two, three, and just, just thinking, wow. That, that's how big my family's going to be. Or as, or as he's walking around through, uh, through the earth, as he's kicking up the dust of the sands, and he scoops some up and look in his hand, 
And he sees the grains thinking, wow, God's going to make of me a great nation. Now, here's the strange thing. Abraham was getting pretty old, and he didn't have any children. So this isn't part of our particular story, but God blessed his wife, Sarah. And folks, when they had their child, Isaac, they were in their 90s and 100s. They weren't going to have very many more kids. But God promised them he would be this great nation. Now, they weren't all going to come from him, but his family would grow to be that big. And by the way, that's where the nation of Israel comes from today, from Abraham. So here Isaac was born, and they were praising God. Lord, thank you for giving us this son, Isaac. I know your promise has come true because of Isaac. Here he is. He's going to be the one to give us this great family. And so Isaac started to grow. And you know, now I've, I've got my boys. I watch them. And man, I've seen them learn how to walk. I've seen him learn how to talk. My, my son, he's learning how to write and to spell. He comes to me today. He says, Dad, I know how to spell things. I can spell ax, A-X. I said, all right, man, that's, that's good. You know, and he's, he's learning things. And, and I love watching my children grow. And I believe Abraham was watching his son Isaac grow. And oh, how he began to love Isaac. The Bible says Isaac was his only son whom he loved. Oh, how he loved Isaac. And then God comes to him and says, Abraham, I've got a job for you. Yes, Lord, anything. What what is it you want of me? Abraham, I want you to take your son Isaac. And I'm going to show you a mountain. I want you to take your son Isaac, go into that mountain, and I want you to lay your son Isaac on an altar and sacrifice him. Now, could you imagine hearing that from God about your son? By the way, this wasn't just his son. This was God's promise. But... And, and I, can, I can hear it in Isaac's mind. But Lord, you, you promised me I would be a great nation. This is my only son. Lord, this is, this is the child you gave me. Lord, I don't understand. Why would you want to take my son away from me? And now here he is. Now could you imagine the conversation that him and his wife Sarah had in the tent that night? That would be a tough thing. I could see Abraham going back to his tent and laying his head down thinking, what is it that God wants me to do? Why? Why does he want me to slay my only son? I mean, this just doesn't make any sense. God has never asked this of anyone. Why? And so I can see Abraham with, with sadness in his heart, as any father would have. The Bible says he rises up early the next morning, and he goes and gets a couple of his servants, and he goes and he gets his donkey, and he lays some food on it, he lays some clothes on it, he gets some firewood, and he takes their torch, and so here they go. They head off into Mount Moriah. And as they're walking, the Bible says it's a three-day journey. Three days. For three days, he's hiking through the mountains with, with his son, thinking about what he's getting ready to do. Every time he reached down and felt the knife on the side of his hip, he knew what he was going to have to do with it. I can only imagine what was going through Abraham's heart and Abraham's mind. But the Bible says he obeyed. He went He's going through the mountain, and then finally he sees the spot. God says, Abraham, there it is. That's the spot. That's where I want you to do it. Abraham says, okay, Lord. Servants, you stay here. Me and Isaac are going to go and worship the Lord. And you guys just hang out here for a minute. So they left. And as they went, the Bible says that he took some wood, and he put it on the back of Isaac, and then they started to walk up. And Isaac, this little boy, I I, I can see this in my own kids. Kids, they ask so many questions. You know, they have to figure everything out. And Isaac looked up and says, Dad, man, we've got the fire, we've got the wood, we've got the knife, but where's the sacrifice, Dad? And I could see how that just 
just hit Abraham right in his heart, knowing that he was the sacrifice. He says, son, God's going to provide himself a sacrifice. More or less, he's saying, son, it's all worked out. Don't you worry about it. God knows what he's doing. So they got up here to the, to the place in the mountain, and here they were, and the Bible says that he took his son, and he picked up his son, and he laid him on the altar. He built an altar, then laid his son Isaac on it. Could you imagine what's going through Isaac's mind? Now, that's a whole other sermon entirely, but at this point we're talking about Abraham. And Abraham lays his son there on the altar, and he's got the fire, and, and he gets everything ready. And the Bible says he reaches out and he grabs the knife, and he's getting ready to kill his only son. Because God told him to. And as he grabs a knife, the Bible says God calls out of heaven and says, Abraham! Abraham! Don't hurt your boy. You see, God stopped him. And then look at God's words. I love what God said to Abraham when he stopped him. Verse number 11. The angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham! And he said, Here am I. And he, that's the Lord, and he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thine only son from me. Folks, you want me to tell you what God was doing here? Don't miss this. And this is the whole point of our message this morning. I'm going to go ahead and give it to you now, then I'm going to prove it. God did not want Abraham's son. God wanted Abraham. God didn't want Abraham's son. God wanted Abraham. And you see, when we look at this, we see why would God ask for Abraham's son? You see, this whole thing was just something that a test he was putting Abraham through. He needed Abraham to see something. And this is what I want us to learn about sacrifice. True sacrifice is done in your heart, not with your hands. True sacrifice is done with your heart, not with your hands. And this is what we're going to see. Because how many things do we have that maybe we don't mean to, but we put them before God? I know that I do that in my own life sometimes. I have to ask myself, I wonder, do I put my family before God? Have there been times where I've put my job before God? Have there been times where I've put my money before God? Have there been times where I've put my own hobbies before God? Have there been times where I've taken these things and put them before God? By the way, my family is a good thing. But God wants me to love Him. And by honoring my family, I'm obeying God. God wants me to put Him above my family. Now, that doesn't mean my family doesn't matter. But it does mean I'm going to take care of my family because God told me to. See, I'm doing it out of obedience. See, we have to put God first in all things. He has the preeminence in all things. God wants us to put Him first. And so I wonder, I wonder if Abraham wasn't starting to get in his heart that he loved the blessing more than the one that gave him the blessing. See, that's when we mess up. I need not to love my job more than the one that gave me my job. I need not to love my family more than the one that gave me my family. I need not to love my money more than the one that has blessed me with my money. See, this is where we mess up. We love our blessings more than the blesser. That's when we mess up. That's why Abraham needed to see this for himself. God says, Abraham, take the blessing that I gave you and give it back to me. Let's see if you're willing to do that. So when Abraham took and laid Isaac on the altar, he raised the knife. He was getting ready to give the blessing back to God. And God says, okay, Abraham, stop. 
I needed you to see where your own heart was. I needed you to see that you still love me. I needed to know that you are still putting me first before your blessing. Folks, let's apply this to our own selves. Sometimes God has to put us through a test. So let's look at Abraham's test for a moment, can we? Let's look at his test. This was a test of Abraham's priorities. This was a test of Abraham's priorities. He was going to have to choose God or his son. He was going to have to choose, will I obey God or will I choose my son instead? Am I going to go up into the mountain? And I can see him struggling with this. As a father, couldn't you do the same thing? Imagine yourself going back into your bed, laying down your head of your pillow at night, having to make this choice. God wants me to kill my son. But I love my son. What, what am I going to do? You see, this was a choice. This is where he had to determine where his priorities are. Let me ask you something. If God asked of you your job and your home and your life, would you be willing to give it to him? Now, I'm going to jump ahead and say this. Just because God asks it doesn't mean he's going to take it. God asked for Isaac, but he didn't take it. You see, God just wants to know that He's first. And so we, when we give these, these sacrifices, when we do sacrificing in our heart, we are just recognizing the fact that all these other things, they are a lower priority than where God is. And the test for us is the same test that Abraham had. If God asked it of me, would I give it to Him? If God asked it of me, would I give it to him? Now ask yourself that about all the things around you. About your, about your job, about your wife, about your children, about your, about your life, about your, your hobbies, whatever. If God asked those things of you, would you give them to him? And when we answer that question, when we discover the answer, then we discover where our priorities are. Because, you know, there, there are some people that God asks them to serve, but they're unwilling to serve here because of what they would have to give up here. Lord, I can't go to the mission field. I would have to leave behind my family. Lord, I can't, I can't go and serve in a foreign country because I'll have to give up my nice house. You see, that's where the sacrifice comes from. When it actually pans out, sometimes we miss out on God's blessings because we love the blessings here more than the one that has blessed us. Now, again, just because I come to that place and I say, Lord, you're first. Doesn't mean he's going to take my job away. Doesn't mean he's going to make me move. Doesn't mean he's going to take my family away. Doesn't mean he's going to actually require any of these things. It just means I'm putting him first. Just like with Isaac. He never actually expected Isaac to be offered up, but he did want Abraham to be willing. That's what God wants of us, to be willing. So it was a test of Abraham's priorities. It was also this, watch this. It was a test of Abraham's faith. It was a test of Abraham's faith. Here's why. Remember what we said about Isaac. Isaac was the one that the entire nation of Israel was going to come through. God said, Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. Abraham, I am going to make you the nation of Israel. Now, he didn't know the name, but he knew he was going to have a great family. Now, if I'm Abraham, I'm going to be laying on my pillow that night thinking, God, you promised me. Now you want to take the promise away. That doesn't make sense. You see, now it's a test of faith. God, you promised me I would have a great family, a grand family. But now you want to take away Isaac. 
How are you going to do that, Lord, if you're taking him away? Now his faith is being tested. You see, here's what we do. I begin to worry. God, if you're going to take away my job, how am I going to provide for my family? God, if you, if you move me from this place and you move me here, how am I going to provide for the rest of our needs? How am I going to do that? And we begin to wonder. And we begin to get a little shaky on our faith because we don't understand what God is doing. But what Abraham went ahead and done anyway was he said, Lord, I trust you. My faith is in you. Even though you're asking me the promise, you're asking me to, to get, get rid of the promise. God, you said it. You said you'd make me a great nation, so I believe you. Now watch this. God promised you He would take care of you. God promised that wherever He leads you, He would give you the things you need. Why would I doubt Him if I lay the rest of my life on the altar? Why would I doubt that He can take care of me if I quit my job if He asks me to? If God were to say, Trevor, I want you to leave and go somewhere over into, uh, I want you to go to India. Oh, I want you to go to Egypt. And I'm thinking, Lord, I, how am I going to do that? I can't, I can't even survive over there. See, that would be me questioning my faith, wouldn't it? If God asks something of us to lay it on the altar, and if it actually comes to that, have faith. God will take care of you. God, it was a test of his faith. And we're also going to see this. It was a test of Abraham's, something I like to call his self-denial. Don't we sometimes like to put ourselves first? Man, I know I do. And you see this in children. You know, when it comes time to, uh, to get some dessert, boy, they want to be served the ice cream first, don't they? Man, when it comes time when they're playing a game, they want to be the winner. When it comes time, they're in a race. Hey, I, I, I won the race first. My boys now, I've said, hey, you guys are getting in your seatbelts. Let's see who can get their seatbelts on first. Then, boy, they'll get in there and get buckled quick. And I say, all right, dad's ready to go now, you know, because they want to be first. Well, we still kind of have that nature, even as adults. So I wonder, are we willing to put aside what we want to lift up what God wants? Abraham did. He put aside his child Isaac because Isaac was what he wanted. That was his son whom he loved. And he was willing to put aside what he loved so he could honor God first. You see, this is what he was doing. He was denying himself. So this whole thing, realize, it was a test. And we need to test ourselves. Ask yourself the question right now. What do I have in my life that I am not willing to give God? Is there something that's there? What do I have that I love more than God? What's in my life that would stop me from serving God? You see, that very thing, I doubt God would ever even ask it of us. But, He wants us to be willing if He ever did. That's what happened with Isaac. He wanted Abraham to be willing, though he never actually took it. He wanted Abraham to be willing. And folks, He wants us to be willing in putting Him first. So we see Abraham was tested. And now watch this. We see Abraham, he was obedient. He was willing to move forward with that. He was willing to actually do what God asked him to do. And that's where the hard thing comes from. Can, can I tell you a story about me? I remember when I was, when I was a young boy. I was probably, I say young boy. I was, I was an older teenager. I was a young man. I was probably 19. And I remember I was, I was 19 years old. God, he was, he was already working in my heart to do some things in the ministry. I didn't know what it was going to be. 
I was just 19, 20 years old. I started going to college and I started learning and things. And then, for whatever reason, God started twisting my heart about going to Mexico. And, and I remember thinking, Lord, is this, is this where you want me to go? And I didn't know for sure at the time. Tori and I, we actually started praying about this thing together. And, and there was a point where, where we had it settled in our hearts. If you would have asked me, Trevor, where are you going to serve? Where, where do you think God wants you? I would have looked at you without missing a beat. I would have said, God's going to have me in Mexico. That's where I'm going. I was actually talking to my school about learning to speak Spanish. I wanted to learn a new language so, so I could go do it. And in my heart and in my mind, that is where God wanted me. Now, I can tell you this. There's a small part of me that didn't want to go there. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, Mexico? I can't even take my guns with me down there. Why would I want to do that, you know? I mean, that's, that's the way I was thinking. I can't, I, I can't have the same life that I have here. Things are going to be different. Lord, that's where you want to put me? And there was this, this part of me that didn't want it. But... God put this desire in my heart, just this kind of, just saying, hey, that's where I want you to go. Hey, you need to be willing. So I remember I got down on my knees and I said, Lord, if you want me in Mexico, that's where I'm going. And I surrendered. Now, fast forward to today, you all know that didn't happen. But the point is this, God wanted me willing. Sometimes I believe God will direct us and put something on our hearts just to see if we're willing just to kind of direct us, God will put us through things just to see, uh, even so we can show ourselves what we need to do. And sometimes our faith has to be stretched and it has to be bent and it has to be twisted because God is always working on me. And sometimes we have to go through these trials to see that where we really are. And I wonder if God didn't have to put Abraham through this test just so he could bring Abraham to the point where he needs to see that God's coming first. Could it have been that's what God was doing with me? Could it be that God just wanted me to surrender just so I could get to the point where I would give it all to him? Could have been. But the point is this. God wants us to get to the point of obedience. And he might put something in front of us where he's going to say, all right, here's your test. Are you going to say yes or no? Are you going to be obedient? Yes or no? doesn't mean you're actually going to have to go through with it. God might end up changing his mind or directing you somewhere else. But would you be obedient? That's the question. So Abraham, he was willing to do what he was asked. Now, folks, can I show you this? This is what Abraham learned. Abraham was tested. Abraham was obedient. Now let's take a very quick moment and let's look at Abraham's lesson. Here's some things that Abraham learned, and here's something that we learn. And this is something that I love out of this lesson. We learn that God will always provide. God will always provide. Now, I will go ahead and say this. God might not always provide what we want or the way we want, but God will always provide. You see, I was listening to a sermon not too long ago. This was just um, something that was recorded, and I was listening to it on, on my phone. And he was talking about how the disciples, they were out in this storm, and they, they got out in this ship, and they sailed out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee. And when they got out there, a storm showed up. And boy, this storm, it started rocking this ship. And it was, it was swaying back and forth. And they looked out and they saw the Lord Jesus walking on the water. Now, this preacher brought up this point. I thought this was great. He said, do you know they weren't in that storm because they were out of the will of God? They were in that storm because they were 
in the will of God. Folks, God put them in that storm. God's the one that sent them out there in the middle of the Sea of Galilee when the storm came up. And then the Lord was able to come out and walk on water and calm the seas and calm the winds and calm the waves. But you see, sometimes where God sends us, it might be somewhere that's a little rocky. Paul and Silas ended up in prison. John, he ended up banished on the Isle of Patmos. Folks, sometimes God's will will lead us to places that are uncomfortable. But can I say, just because they're uncomfortable doesn't mean God's not still taking care of me. Folks, God said He would never leave us. He would never forsake us. He will give us the things that He wants us to have, and He will provide for us the way He sees fit. Now please understand, God will always provide. So what happened at the end of this story? Verse number 13, Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Folks, God will provide. So Abraham was getting ready to slay his son. Then he looked over there and he saw a ram caught over there in the thickets. And they took that ram. They laid that ram on the altar and they killed the ram instead of Isaac. Folks, I want to tell you this. And, and, and I realize this is a little, you know, it's a little different than some of the typology in the scripture. But we understand that Jesus Christ died in our stead. Now, there's a lot of types with Isaac being Jesus Christ here as well. But please understand, God has always provided. God provided for this need. God provided my need to have a death in my place. That's what salvation is. You see, I broke God's law. And if I were to go today and to stand in the presence of God Almighty, not knowing His Son, if I were to stand there in the presence of God, God would look down at me and say, Son, you're guilty. You've broken my law. You're guilty. And because you're guilty, you now have to take your punishment. Which, as we know, is a very real death in hell. But watch this. What I did several years ago, back in 1998, as a young boy, after one of my church classes, I went and I told my teacher, I said, I don't know if I'm going to heaven or not. And he told me how that if I accept Jesus' payment as my payment, if I accept that gift, then God will look at me and say, yeah, you're guilty. But Jesus' blood has pardoned you. Your, your record's clean. You're, you're wiped clean. You can come into paradise and you can be with me forever. You see, that's salvation. The fact that Jesus died for us, God provided a way for me to be forgiven. Folks, He's provided that for you. If you've never had that time where you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, that's what salvation is. Let that be today. Get that pardon from Him and don't leave without it. Folks, that's what that provision is. So God always provides. And here's another lesson you need to learn. Just because we sacrifice it in our heart doesn't mean that God's going to take it away. Okay, God's not in the business of taking things away and just seeing what all He can get out of us. No, no, no. That's not what God's in the business of. In fact, God's in the business of giving and blessing and taking care of us and leading us. But God wants our heart. You see, that's what happened with Abraham. So our second lesson is this. Just because God asks it of us doesn't mean He's going to take it. That means, as a father... Very much like Abraham, I've had to come to the place where I have laid my children on the altar before God. I've had to come to the place where I would say, Lord, if you want to take my children and move them to be missionaries in Africa, so be it. They're yours. Do what you would see fit with my children. 
In fact, the Bible says children are a heritage of the Lord. They belong to Him anyway. I'm just taking care of them. I've had to come to the place where I see that my family, they belong to the Lord. And I do my best. I love them. I care for them. They're my family. I mean, that's my wife. That's my kids. But I also understand God knows what's best for them. And I have to come to the place in my heart where God has full control over my family. God says what happens to my family before I do. They're His. I mean, be it far from me to overstep my bounds and tell God what my family needs. No. He says what my family needs. They're His. So I had to get to the place where I realized they belong to God. And in my heart, I have given them to God and let God take full control of my family. But you know what? They're still here. I still love them. We still have a good relationship. They, well, we are still together, and it's still my duty to take care of them, to provide for them, to protect them. That, that God has given me this family, and, and we, we, we love one another. But in my heart, God has preeminence. You see how that works? Just because God asks something, just because God asks to put God first, doesn't mean all the other stuff's going to go away. It just means in our heart that God is first. So just because God asks us to sacrifice, it doesn't mean it will go away. And then, let us see, our third thing is this, is that God sometimes needs to teach us a lesson by twisting our own will. That's what God did with Abraham. God taught Abraham a lesson by Abraham bending his will. He had to put Abraham through the ringer. For three days, Abraham was hiking through this mountain with a knife on his hip, knowing he was getting ready to kill his son. For three days, Abraham thought that. And God, the whole way, was working on Abraham's heart. Abraham, you're sacrificing to me. Abraham, you love me. Abraham, you're putting me first. Abraham, trust me. God had to bend and work with Abraham and work in his heart to get him to the place where he would be willing to sacrifice his son. Now, Abraham, the Bible says he went immediately. But we also understand, I can only imagine how hard that would have been. And I could see Abraham coming back down off of that mountain, praising God for how good God is and for providing a ram. And Abraham coming back down from the mountain, knowing, God, you're first in my life, and you showed me that. God, I'll continue to put you first. I trust you. I know your will's way. I know your way's the best. God, I'll always trust you. Now I ask you, if you were in Abraham's shoes, and if for whatever reason this morning God were to come to you and say, Hey, sir, ma'am, I want your job. Sir, ma'am, I want, I want your house. I want your car. I, I want your hobby. Hey, I, I want this. What is in our heart right now that we would have to say, God, that's too much. You can't have it. What is it? What is the thing that we would say, Nope, not giving that to you, Lord. You see, that's what Abraham had to be shown of, that there was nothing off the table for God. And just because, again, just because I'm to the place where I would be willing to give it to God, doesn't mean God's going to snatch it away. He's not some tyrant taking stuff away. God just wants Him to be first in your life. So I ask you, is God first? Is God first? Is there anything right now that if you were in Abraham's shoes that you wouldn't have put it on the altar? Is there anything you would have said, nope, God, I'm not giving it to you? Is there? If there is, why don't we lay that on the altar before God today? Why, why don't we just go ahead and put God first? doesn't mean that these things are going to go away, but in our hearts, let's make sure we put God first. 
Folks, if we could, let's have every head bowed and let's have every eye closed. As we go into this time of invitation, I made a statement at the beginning of this that I think rings true right now. God did not want Abraham's son. God didn't want Isaac. God wanted Abraham. Now I'm going to tell you the same thing with, with all of us this morning. God doesn't want your hobby. God wants you. God doesn't want your job. God wants you. God doesn't want your family. God wants you. Does God have you? Does God have all of you this morning? Our God in heaven, we love you. As we study this passage of scripture here with Abraham, Lord, it can be no doubt that, that you wanted him, that you wanted, you wanted him to sacrifice all to you. Lord, is there anything in my own heart, in my own life this morning? Is there anything in, in the heart of all of us this morning that we're holding back? Lord, may we be completely and totally surrendered to you. Now, folks, with every head bowed and with every eye closed, this is just going to be a moment for, for us to be able to do business with God. If God's spoken to your heart, you can just take this time to be able to do some business with him. As the music softly plays, ask yourself that question. Is there anything you wouldn't give? What is so precious to you that you wouldn't give it to God? What do you love more than God? God's not in the business of taking things away, but he does want your heart. Just a few more brief moments to do business with the Lord. Oh God in heaven, again we want to praise you. We want to thank you for how good you are to us. Lord, you provided for every single need Abraham has ever had. And Lord, you kept your promise just like you said you would. You made Abraham a great nation. For the nation of Israel still stands even today. Lord, help us to remember that when you make a promise, you keep it. And Lord, you promised us you would take care of us. That you would bless us. That you would provide for us. And may we not have anything on the table that we wouldn't give to you. May we be willing to search our own hearts and to put you first above all. For Lord, you sent your own son Jesus to die for us. And there's no way we have anything that precious, more precious than you. May we have our hearts in the right place. Now Lord, bless us as we get ready to go our different ways and may we honor you above all things. And as we get ready to go into this new week, may we be busy about your work spreading the light and the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.